Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption. I'm Marty Caldwell. It's a pleasure to be with you today. We have a new show here at KFIA 710 just for you, for people that have been touched by adoption, that are interested in adopting, or placing a child for adoption, or considering adoption. Our program each week will be discussing topics of adoption, infertility, parenting through adoption, and we'll have guests that are adoption experts, adoptive parents, birth parents, and others touched by adoption. Let's Talk Adoption is a a weekly radio program that can be heard worldwide on letstalkadoption.com. We'll provide answers to your adoption questions. We'll discuss open versus closed adoption, the international adoption process, internet adoption resources, birth pair expenses, financing your adoption, and more. In the coming few weeks, we'll have your questions also to answer on the show. You may participate by emailing us at info at letstalkadoption.com. That's info at letstalkadoption.com. This week, our topic is how adoption has changed in the last few years, and I want to share a little bit about my background with the listeners to find out, um, let you know where I come from and why I'm doing the show. I'm an adoptive parent, an infertility patient, and um, I actually work with adoption every day with adoptive parents and birth parents that are going through adoption plans. We've been doing this for almost 20 years now. A little bit of my background includes um, my experience with adoption. I am an infertility patient. Um, I've been pregnant eight times and have lost seven of those pregnancies with one live birth, a beautiful daughter, and also an adoptive mother I have adopted, and uh, my husband and myself have four children. Um, We are passionate about adoption and helping educate the community, um, to take action. And when people are considering, um, considering adoption, there's so much, so much information that's out there. Many people don't know where to go and how to start. Adoption has changed in the last 20 years. When we began our adoption journey over 20 years ago, there are very few resources available. We found that we had, we had to go to the library, and the only books were available were books that were, were over 20 years old. And, and we didn't have the Internet at the time, and so resources were limited. Today, families have huge opportunities to learn so much about adoption and the privacy of their own home um, through friends and through contacts across the country and across the world. And we're hoping to, and we're hoping to bring that to you, too. A little bit, a bit about the, the process of adoption will be covered also in our program. Adoption today are organization that we work with, a lifetime adoption, um, that many people come to us wondering, you know, where do I start? What do I do? And who do I speak to? And um, today, we're going to discuss a little bit about um, that process with an adoption coordinator from Lifetime Adoption. Uh, Kim Lopez, Lopez is with us today. She's an adoption coordinator with Lifetime Time Adoption Center in the, the um, Grass Valley, Penn Valley area. And she'll be hel- helping us answer some of the questions that we have and discussing what people need to do when they're starting out in their adoption process. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Marnie. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we're glad you're here, and I know that you, you have a lot of hands-on experience with adoptive parents that call mm-hmm. in, and you're one of the adoption, co- adoption coordinators that are on call 24 hours a day, hours a day. so you get, get those phone calls in the middle of the night from, from women that are um, looking at placing their child, choosing adoption for their children. What are some of the questions um, that adoptive parents, let's start there, where adoption parents ask when they first start. What do you hear mostly? Well, a lot of parents find us or 
potential parents find us on the internet and they've been doing a search for maybe weeks, maybe a few days, and they've, they've just come across so much information they don't really know who they can trust mm-hmm. um, and they really don't know where to start. And so what I, what I usually recommend is that, that they first identify the type of adoption that they're, they're looking for. Right. What are their needs for their, for their adoption? And, and how can possibly lifetime meet their needs or, or what professionals can help them. And that's a really good place to start. Right. You know, there are a lot of different adoptions. And I'm going to go ahead. If you have a piece of paper and a pencil and you want to write these down, um, please do. The type of adoptions that are out there right now are you have independent adoption, you know, domestic adoption here in the United States. You've got international adoption with other countries. You've got FAS Adopt, which is foster care into adoption. You've got step-parent adoption and kinship adoption, which means maybe you adopt your your brother's child or someone in the family. Um, So there are a lot of different ways that people can go. And within those adoptions, there are different um, aspects, so much more to offer um, than years ago. Um, People work with agencies. They work with attorneys. They work with adoption facilitators. And um, I think in doing so, it's, it's sometimes confusing, but also it is helping people adopt sooner um, then later, and I know that um, through the center, um, lifetimes doing quite a few adoptions. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I think around 110 to 120 adoptions a year, mm-hmm. um, right. and I think that's important for people to know. I think there's some myths out there, Kim, um, regarding are there children to adopt? Uh, don't you find that with families when they call in? Um, they've they've thought it's going to take them seven years, and there there aren't children to adopt. They feel in their mind. Right, but if families can find the right tools to do the right outreach, get the right team of professionals mm-hmm. on their side, um, really, when you're looking at a, a professional who might be helping with your adoption, ask them. You know, how many birth mothers do you talk with each mm-hmm. week? Mm-hmm. Um, how many families are you looking? How many families will you be working with while I'm in your program? Right. And how many adoptions do you do each year? Now, you may come across an agency who hasn't talked to a birth mother in seven months, and that may not be the right agency or facilitator for you to work with. Right. So really, those are some very good um, things to get you started with finding the right professional to help you. I think so, too. And I think reading education, I know the, the, the three keys I feel to adoption are good education, and that's reading good books. Mm-hmm. And, and I am an author of two books uh, on adoption. Um, one book is called AdoptingOnline.com, um, which is an award-winning book um, all with all kinds of resources regarding adoption. And uh, another one on adoption, also adoption, your step-by-step guide. But education is key to start out with. It's free. It's easy. You can get a lot of information. Um, and you need to speak to other people that have adopted in the last few years. And then taking action. Once you've decided, you know, I can do this, I can afford it, and we're going to talk about um, uh, financing your adoption and funding your adoption in the next few weeks, too. Um, but taking that action to, t- to move forward. You know, I'm years old, and I had a baby my husband and myself were caring for. And um, we walked in and found out that this woman had never had children, didn't know where to start. And she had told me, she said, I wish, Marty, I'd met you 40 years ago because I didn't know where to go. And so here she went through her whole life, this loving woman, without a child because she really didn't know where to start. And my goal is to help people that want to adopt and for women that want to place their child because they know it's the best choice for them. So um, we're hoping to take care of that for you. But, and there's also hope. You know, you have to have faith. I think going through the adoption process and the infertility process, you've got to have a deep faith in God. If you don't have that, it's very difficult to understand that it's not all dependent upon you, your doctor, your adoption professional, that God has a plan for you and has a perfect child for you. And I have said that so many times, but it's so very true. And in the last almost 20 years, I've seen so many families that have um, applied those full, few tools 
and have adopted successfully one, two, and three times. And I think my takeaway for you today would be to, to not give up and to have that hope, but get the information you need in the education. Kim, let's go back a little bit to um, some of the questions I know that when people are trying to adopt, um, they always want to know a, a lot about, you know, how much it's going to cost, it's going to cost, how long it's going to take, and, and, and everyone's worried about a reclaim. And those three questions are, I, I find, that I want to always know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, time-wise, what do you find in time um, on, a, on a traditional, let's say, domestic adoption right now, the time frame is? Well, a lot of companies have different time frames. So you're really talking about how much outreach is a, a company doing on your behalf. Um, is a company restricted to just their local county by a licensing mm-hmm. if they're an agency? Very good point. Um, if they're a facilitator, are they really taking full advantage of the nationwide mm-hmm. outreach going on the web? A lot of military women who are mm-hmm. who are actively serving the country in the military, they find themselves pregnant. It's really, they can't parent a child at this mm-hmm. point. They they really don't want to be parents at this point. And so they're looking to adoption as, as an alternative to being a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're finding, for instance, Lifetime online on our website. Right. So is the company that you're working with fully taking advantage of the outreach opportunities? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really going to increase um, increase your success rate and decrease the amount of time um, that you're going to be waiting. And with Reclaim, I know that's a big big fear. And, Marty, maybe talk about some of the myths associated with Reclaim, and, and is it possible? Right. You know, re- Reclaim, people, we're always fearful. In my own adoption, um, our adoption was a difficult adoption, and I really believe that God was putting me through uh, a difficult adoption, yeah, you know, coming out on the other end so I can do the work I'm doing today. And uh, I didn't see that then. And, and I had to stick with a lot of faith. But it was very difficult because uh, our birth parents did change their mind when our child was older and the adoption process um, had not been completed yet. Uh, and it was very difficult. Now, laws have changed and they're, and they're, they're better. Um, California laws are very good for adoptive parents. Um, and birth parents too, but um, I think reclaims. Um, you want to uh, reclaims are not as much as the, the media really makes up. At this point, the media will take one out of two or three thousand, and they will really make it into something um, more than it is. And so I'm finding at this point that uh, if you work with a good adoption professional, they should be able to give you those stats. And we have thousands of adoptions across the United States, and in um, all adoption professionals that are closing every single month. So not to be fearful for that. Give you some stats here. Three out of five people have been touched by adoption, and one out of six struggle with um, infertility and getting pregnant. So this is a big issue going on. Um, and I think that what we need to look for when you're starting to look at adoption is what is best for you, and you want to make sure that you know both spouses are on the same page and that you're working with someone that you have a comfort level with. They are going to help you build the most important house you'll ever build. We spend more time. Um, working on our homes and building our homes and remodeling than we do with adoption. So I think it's real important when you're doing that to make sure that you have a good adoption professional, get the education, and then, of course, take the action too. And we're going to give you information and resources. In fact, if you'd like some resources um, sent to you, you can email us over at info at letstalkadoption.com, and we'll send you an info packet regarding adoption um, or if you're considering adoption for a child that you have or you're pregnant Um, you can also call the hotline. So we're going to take a quick break here. We come back. We're going to go ahead and discuss more about how adoption has changed. And you're tuned in today to Let's Talk Adoption on AM 710 KFIA. We're discussing uh, the changes in open adoption and adoption in the U.S. We'll be right back.
All children deserve a home, and Lifetime Adoption wants to help those children find a home. If you are starting to explore adoption, Lifetime can help you learn more and find the resources you need. Lifetime has been committed to supporting birth families and helping children for nearly 20 years. They offer guidance and encouragement during and after your pregnancy. At Lifetime, open adoption means you make the choices. Choose the adoptive family. Choose how much contact you want and choose how you want the adoption to happen. The choice is up to you. Lifetime is known for their caring and genuine concern for the birth mother's well-being before and after adoption. They're able to provide adoption services to prospective adoptive families and birth parents from all over the nation. And Lifetime provides you with a 24-hour hotline for support and guidance. To find out more information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com. Give the gift of your home to a deserving child. Call 800-923-6784. Thank you for tuning in to Let's Talk Adoption on FAM 710 KFIA. I'm Marty Caldwell, and if you're just joining us today, we're discussing how adoption has changed in the last few years and how we can help you learn more about adoption, whether you're placing a child for adoption, considering adoption, or your adoptee. Before we left on break, um, Kim Lopez has joined us with um, Lifetime Adoption. Uh, we're discussing a little bit about the process of adoption, how it's changed, and how we have more resources for um, both adoptive parents um, considering adoption and birth parents. And one of the things we want to discuss, too, on this is that um, the reclaim rate, that was one thing we had talked about. That's one of the fears people have on, you know, how can we prevent a birth mom from coming back and um, also red flags. You know, adoption is not for everybody. Um, We work with many women that really want to parent and should parent their children. Um, but when you do have um, someone that comes through and they, they're wondering whether or not um, they're going to be able to keep their child, and I know as an adoptive mom, that was a fear I had too, um, we find reclaim rate should be in a low digit, um, maybe 5 to 8%, um, 10% of the very, uh, the very highest. Um, and part of the reclaim rate um, can be attributed to counseling and communication with the birth mother and really looking at what her um, social, emotional, and her physical well-being um, you know, the, the stability of that prior to her going into an adoption plan. So we find that by helping women really uh, identify where they're at in their life and the skills and the resources they have for parenting their children will really help them make a good decision um, about their pregnancy or their children. And I know, Kim, before we left, we talked about military moms and how many military moms that are single um, are now allowed to go on ship and to leave. And so um, we're finding more and more military moms um, choosing adoption mm-hmm. um, because they want something better. And, you know, the fallacy, I th- think, too, is that um, many people and the community feel that uh, women don't want their children. It's so far from it. Um, we find the birth moms that we work with and even my own birth mom and my son's adoption have a deep love for the child, deeper than sometimes women that keep their children that shouldn't. And um, I think we want to make sure we, we identify that, that women that are choosing adoption for the children really love their babies. And I know you speak to a lot of birth moms um, at nighttime um, when you're on call. Tell me a little bit about some of the, the reasons you've heard birth mothers that um, are choosing adoption for the children, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of the way that adoption has changed over the years is, you know, the reasons for a woman placing a child for adoption. Mm-hmm. And um, they're not always teenagers or, right. you know, unwed girls who find themselves, you know, pregnant. They are in an unexpected pregnancy. Um, 
a lot of times I'm speaking with college students. Mm-hmm. Um, they really want to further their education. They know that having a child is, this is not the right time for them. Adoption would be perfect for this child. Uh, they want to be moms, but not right now. Right. Not quite yet. They're not ready. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also speak with many women who are married and right. they're parenting other children with their spouse. Mm-hmm. And this is, this would be a full sibling to the parent, to the children that they are parenting. Mm-hmm. But economically, you know, they had not planned to have another child. Maybe they had, they had um, been using birth control or were some way trying to prevent having mm-hmm. more children. But then this child comes along and really those families find that they can be a blessing to adoptive parents right. um, and let other, other families have the opportunity to parent. Right. And you know, it, um, I feel that, um, a lot of times um, birth mothers I know will say, I don't want the child to hate me. And I'm finding that um, speaking to adult adoptees that they're so happy. Um, the majority I speak to that their ch- their parents, their birth parents, have chosen adoption for them because they had an opportunity for a life that they would not have had if they'd stayed in a family with many more children or with a very young birth mother. Um, so I think that's really important too. Another way that I'm finding um, adoption has changed over the years is the amount of information that's available between the adoptive family and the birth parent. Right. Birth parents have and adoptive families have the option to choose if they're looking for an adoption where there's communication going back and forth. Do they just want to know who the parents are and what their names are and right. what state they live in? Mm-hmm. Does the family want to have full background information mm-hmm. medically about the birth parent? And so I think that's that's a big way that adoption has changed. And I know, Marty, mm-hmm. you really fully support um, open adoption. If the birth mother's choosing that, she at least has the option. Right. Open adoption, semi-open adoption, they have that information. And the reason why is if you are 19 years old, by the time you're 29, you may think differently. No, we all do. And so if we have that option, she can receive letters and photographs. And the nice thing about the changes in adoption now is that we do have the Internet. We're encouraging families to put up websites for birth mothers so that they can go and they can get updates on photographs. Mm -hmm. And they can have a piece about their decision. And the nice thing, too, is that if a birth mother is in um, Nebraska and she's looking for a Christian family in California, she can find it. And I think that's really important. And she may feel that she doesn't want to run into that child every day or once a week in the mall that she's looking for someone out of state. So I think adoption has changed tremendously um, through the, the use of the Internet safely. If you're working with, again, good, um, legitimate, and um, experienced adoption professionals. And you've done your homework. You um, you really do the homework on what you want. International has changed because you're now able to receive information immediately regarding international adoptions um, and the children available, too. So I think there's a lot of wonderful things that have gone on, and people aren't waiting now seven years to adopt. Um, the average time, Kim, I think is what... Um, Three to 12 months to become mm-hmm. matched through mm-hmm. our center at Lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't speak for other agencies, but I know we have a really high success rate. And at Lifetime, we take on families that we feel confident that we can help, and we're right. up front. Right. Um, I think another good thing for families to do when they're searching for a professional is to check the references. Don't be afraid to ask or mm-hmm. check the Better Business Bureau and see what the standing of that company is. Ask for adoptive family references from families who have successfully adopted recently. Mm-hmm. I think so, and I think that um, by speaking to families too. I think a lot of times we don't make um, decisions because we don't have enough information. And I know that I am like that personally. When we were trying to adopt, um, we had gone after loss after loss, and it was very difficult. And um, at the time, I was um, younger, of course, <laughs> and um, we were turned down because um, you know we were we didn't make enough money. We made too much money. Um, you know, we um, we were too heavy. We were too thin. I mean, there were all kinds of reasons, and so it was frustrating. And I think back then they were limited because they were only looking at the 
um, birth families in this particular area. And I felt like if I had to wait seven years for my first child, that I would only have one child instead of having more. And I really felt that God wanted me to adopt more than that. And so I think it's important that we've seen an increase in adoption and also adoption awareness. And I know in the future weeks, we're going to be discussing um, how we can um, help bring adoption uh, to a more positive light in the media because... um, like anything else, the media is there to sell commercials and information. And many times they'll take one particular um, topic and uh, as a as reclaim and really blow it out of proportion. And so it scares people away. And I think it's important that people realize that there are some wonderful adoptions going on and their success and not be fearful of that. And that goes back to working with uh, birth parents, too, and find out what they want. Um, we're finding celebrities are adopting more than ever. Um, and people are going to other countries, and they're also adopting out of foster care. Um, there's some great adoption laws now that are helping people with um, the uh, benefits of adoption. That means um, federal tax um, credits um, for adoptive parents, which are really helping. So there's a lot. And I know that um, you get in probably how many uh, phone calls or emails a day, Kim, regarding adoption? <laughs> I, I can tell you that from answering all the family's questions initially when they call in, we receive anywhere from 250 to 300 applications a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's after they've made several calls to our company wondering if it's really a place that they want to fill out an, right. an application mm-hmm. for. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I hope to give families is even if Lifetime can't help them with their adoption, and mm-hmm. if we can, great. We're happy to be part of this this important mm-hmm. step in your life. Mm-hmm. But if not, there's always hope. Mm-hmm. And I know, right. Marty, you have a strong faith for each family who is, is longing to become a parent that there is a child out there. Mm-hmm. There's There's so much to learn, too. And the other thing I want to give, too, back is um, that if you would like to get a free newsletter, do visit our site. Uh, let's talk adoption.com. You can sign up for a free adoption newsletter and additional adoption resources and start your educational process right there. Um, that will be really helpful. And for birth parents, there is a hotline. I'm going to go ahead and give that a number out now. It's 1 800 923 We also will be discussing um, about special adoptions, special needs adoptions. I know that um, we have um, right now a waiting list for. Um, Down syndrome babies, and people are surprised at that. But there are a lot of people that are interested in adopting children with medical um, uh, problems and issues, and um, it's amazing. So when I speak to medical professionals, they're really surprised when we tell them that, and I'm hoping that will encourage people that hear the program today to let their medical professionals know that um, we do have families interested in, um, you know, medical um, issues and and Down syndrome and different uh, needs, too. Tell me, Kim, when you're speaking to a family, we've just got a moment before we're going to to go to break, but... Tell me a little bit here. Uh, when you're speaking with families, what are what are one of the one of the main threads you find with people um, that they're they're looking for? Um, you know, an, an infant, older children. It's it's mainly a newborn adoption. They're looking for a healthy newborn baby, and many families just don't believe it's possible to adopt a healthy newborn baby, but it is. And families, you know, if you're considering adoption, if you have possibly thought about it or even pursued it in the past, it's not too late to get started. The information is out there. You just have to, you know, open up your internet, go to the bookstore, get some materials, and get started. Right. 
And do uh, email us and ask for information mm-hmm. at info at letstalkadoption.com. And um, I'd like to thank you for joining us today, Kim. Thank you for coming to the show. And I know that taking out your busy day with now your busy day with the uh, the families and the birth moms you work with um, has been really valuable to us. Oh, thank you. And I hope that you found the show to be informative and helpful and that uh, the information we provided here has been great for you. Tune in next week when we have more information on adoption. This is Marty Caldwell with Let's Talk Adoption. God bless you. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell.